You're tuned in to the MBIT Podcast, led by Seamus Madan. Economic and financial topics broken down. Educating you on your financial journey. Welcome everyone to the MBIT Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Seamus Madan, and today we have a special guest, Michael Silverman, CEO of Flip. I appreciate you taking time to be on the pod. How are you today, Michael? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, first off, quick disclaimer, the podcast is not financial advice and is for informational purposes only. Uh, so, Michael, would you mind introducing yourself to the audience? Uh, sure. Uh, Michael Silverman, uh, uh, born and raised New Yorker, uh, lifelong New Yorker, no matter where I am. Uh, and I currently reside in Toronto and run a business called Flip, F-L-I-P-P, which is a savings and deal app that is, you know, we're on a mission to essentially help shoppers live life more affordably by connecting them with the local deal. Awesome. And what is your role as CEO? Uh, so uh, hopefully I'm describing this well and other CEOs would agree, but uh, as the leader of an institution, I think you are ultimately responsible for the um, strategy and direction of the business, uh, you know, for ensuring the well-being of the employees uh, and making sure that the company grows and then also managing the direction of the business for the sake of the shareholders. Awesome. Yeah, especially as businesses get bigger, you have more and more employees and it's definitely harder uh, to manage it. So you're doing an awesome job. Thank you. So um, what is Flip and its business model? Uh, sure. So uh, BIP, Flip is effectively a B2B2C business, um, which uh, effectively means that we work, we, we offer a product to retailers and CPG companies to help them distribute savings and deal content to high intent head of household shoppers. And we also have the distribution tool. Uh, so we effectively then subsequently help the shoppers connect with that local savings and deal content. And, and what does that mean? Um, so local savings and deal content is what is on sale nearby you or whatever respective shopping mission you have. Maybe you need to go to the grocery store to stock up on um, you know, meal prep uh, uh, goods for the week for your family. Maybe you're buying back to school items. Uh, maybe you need a new television or a new computer. Um, whatever your respective mission is, you would go on to Flip in order to peruse what deals the various retailers have available for the week or search for specific items that you're looking to save money on. So if you are um, purchasing, you're making chicken cacciatore this week for your family uh, and you need to buy a whole bunch of chicken breasts, um, you would go on to Flip, uh, search for chicken breasts, find which retailers nearby you are offering chicken breasts on sale uh, and then subsequently, you would probably end up going to that retailer to purchase chicken breast and then maybe many other things. Uh, and so the end benefit is to the user, the shopper, to be able to find savings um, for which we charge nothing. You're a free service to our shopper. Um, but then it's also for the CPG and the retailer, there is an end benefit of connecting with a shopper who is about to go shopping and then maybe incentivize that shopper to end up at your store over another store. Uh, it's effectively marketing. Um, and as a result, the retailers and CPGs pay us money to help them digitally merchandise and distribute that digital merchandise. 
Awesome. So yeah, my dad also has a B2B to C company. It's like a junction education is an education business. Um, you'll basically go out to other businesses. Um, one of them was with the street and Jim Kramer. We worked on courses for them on personal finance and investing. Um, and basically they would, we would make the courses, we'd work with them as not, as another business, and then they would sell it, um, to the consumer, a very similar concept there. Um, so how does, how does flip helping people, uh, helping save people money nowadays? Yeah, so, so similar to what I, I just spoke about is um, so we save our shoppers an average of $45 a week um, because if you are um, a mom of two boys and, and you have, you're managing a household all day, um, it's never fun to spend endless hours trying to figure out how to save money to manage a budget. Uh, and so Flip is sort of that like one-stop shop where if you're trying to make shopping decisions for the respective week, you can find all of your savings, influence those decisions uh, by searching for products or perusing savings um, on our browse feature uh, on Flip. And it's really uh, anything you can envision, but largely around high-frequency retail, um, you know, weekly savings content. So items that are on sale in store, coupons that are available against uh, a product in any store, um, you know, the best retailers to go shop and find savings, high-low retailers, everyday low-price retailers. Um, so we work with the, I think we work with a little over 95 plus percent of major retailers in North America. Um, and we offer them a tool to help them both distribute the savings and deal content to their own shoppers and then to the shoppers that we aggregate as well. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people don't actually recognize, but $45 a week is a lot of money. Um, if you're saving a dollar or two dollars here and there, that adds up, and that ends up, assuming you're doing $45 a week, that's $2,160 or $2,160 a year. And that really adds up over time, especially if you consider where else you could have put that money, um, like if you invested or did whatever. So that's a lot, that's pretty awesome. Um, so, what, um, what sectors do you see Flip could possibly expand into? Great question. Um, so we, you know, like one of the things I think is really important about running a business is maintaining discipline uh, and focusing on what you're great at and being even better at it and making sure that you maintain a competitive advantage in the marketplace by being exceptional at something. Um, so while I think we could do a thousand things, um, we work very hard to do what we do better than anyone else. Um, so, you know, the, the caveat to this is I don't know that we will do many of these things. Um, but I definitely believe that there would be opportunity for us to play um, a sizable role in um, a you know sort of more regular fintech product in the form of credit. Um, so uh, you know there are other tools that our shoppers use to save money in the form of receiving rewards, digital rewards right. or digital activity. Um, and there are even some of our you know partners or some competitors that work in the space of providing, digital rewards for physical activity. Um, so I believe that, you know, there would be room for us to play in the reward space. Um, but I think, uh, you know, probably a good distance out because uh, what we want to master and ensure that nobody competes with us on uh, is distributing local savings and deal content. Um, you know, there's probably a handful of other categories we can go into, but, uh, you know, more frequent, high frequency, savings and rewards in the fintech space is probably a likely tangent. Yeah, I completely see that. Um, vertical growth is one of those things where it's really, you got to really nail it down. And once you have it, that's awesome. Because uh, Yeti also did something similar. They stuck with like one or two products. They stayed there for a while and then they started expanding horizontally. So yeah, so if you, 
Um, I know you'd never confirm this, but if you ever did like fintech stuff, uh, that would be great because if you take um, what people are saving and incentivize them to do something else like for their own personal benefit for finance wise, that would be really helpful, especially for uh, the amount of millennials nowadays who actually aren't saving that much money. Um, so that would be very great. Uh, what is the impact of COVID-19 on your business? Let me let me go back for one second because I want I want to yeah. dream a little bit with you, Seamus. Um, yeah. So, um, I think that you know fintech in in its evolution is at like the earliest stages of being a, a nascent business uh, because the the integration of the internet and financial products is is, is fairly young, um, and uh, you're tapping into something that I think is pretty important. Which is that what what um, finance and what consumerism and what um, the internet are really good at getting you to do is spend a lot of money. Um, I think that the, the the confluence of all these things hasn't been particularly great at helping you save a lot of money. Um, recently, they've been getting better and better at helping you invest some of your money, um, but there are very few tools out there in the space that focus on real life applications of saving money. Uh, and one of the things that I love about what we do and one of the reasons I took the job is that I like waking up in the morning and looking myself in the mirror and realizing that I'm actually contributing value back to the world. Uh, and um, what I'd love to do, if in fact we were to find an opportunity to um, get into more of a uh, FinTech-like space is build a product around helping people save money. And to your point from before, helping them subsequently generate income off of saving that money. Uh, and so I believe that the opportunities are ample um, and the space is relatively white space. So I, I believe that there's huge, huge opportunities. Um, but to your other point from before, we're gonna say pretty Yeti-esque focused on being really exceptional at our one to two products before we do any horizontal. The the U.S. generally right now is in a consumerism society where everybody's just consuming stuff. And the fact of saving more is starting to grow. That sector is starting to grow a lot. So if you ever got into that, um, into investing or fintech or whatever, that would be a great sector to get into to expand. And so, um, so yeah. to your question about COVID, um, how, what was the impact of COVID on our business? So we initially... Um, like anyone else, uh, you know, in March of last year, I think everybody was sort of perplexed about what was going to happen. Uh, and we're in, we're in two weird worlds. Uh, we're in one world where retailers and CPGs are spending marketing dollars with us, which in any recession or any terrible scenario is pretty, a pretty scary area to be in because uh, revenues can drop off the cliff. Um, and I think for the sake of good conservative planning, we assumed the worst case scenario and then acted accordingly. Um, and then the second you know, weird place that we're in, which is in direct contrast to that, is we're in the savings and deal space. And so when the world is insecure and shoppers are struggle to figure out how they're spending their money, saving money becomes more important. So what oddly happened for our business, or not so oddly, is we're sort of recession proof. Um, in a weird way, when things get really bad, people need to save more money. And so whatever marketing dollars do get spent, usually get spent on distributing savings and deal content because it's the largest leverage point you have in a downturn 
to continue to influence shopper demand. So um, if you are a large retailer, I won't give a name, but if you're a large retailer uh, and uh, the economy is falling out from underneath you and people are spending less money than they were uh, a month ago, um, would you spend an enormous marketing budget on an amazing brand initiative, uh, talking all about and extolling the values of why your retail brand is the best retail brand, or would you invest more in ensuring you maintain foot traffic by offering those shoppers deals? And the answer is the latter. That was a rhetorical question. Um, the answer is the latter. And so despite the fact that COVID was scary for all of our partners, it actually helped them figure out that they needed to invest more with us and not less. And we saw that in our numbers. So our business did pretty well. You know, like any business, the first three months were scary for everyone and uncertain. Um, but our bounce back was sizable. So we, we grew a, a good amount this year. Um, we're a profitable business. Uh, so things are, are you know, looking rosy for our business. From a shopper perspective, I think one of the things that I love about what happened for our business is that we became more of a necessity and it gave us uh, more leverage in working with our content partners to find ways to give more content to our shoppers so as to help them save more money when they're shopping. Um, and uh, that has been a boon for the shopper in using our tool. That's awesome. Yeah, being able to take a bad turn of events and turn it into a benefit uh, for the company is, uh, is fantastic. Um, so is there anything else you would like to say to the audience before the show wraps up? No, do you mind if I turn this around and ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Well, go ahead. Um, so I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and I've worked in finance before that. Uh, and um, I think the one thing that I've come to appreciate over that period of time is that there's no substitute for somebody who knows how to hustle and hustle hard. Um, and I am uh, in deep admiration and respect uh, of you that you are working this hard uh, where you are in life and that you are hustling so hard. And I think... Um, at the very least, I, I, I applaud you in doing that uh, and not to spend too much time kissing your butt. But my next question for you is, like, what, what inspires you? Like, why, why do you get psyched about doing this every day? Um, and why are you, um, you know, like, what has led you to hustle so hard? Yeah, first of all, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate that. And um, in terms of the hustling and what's incentivizing me, um, so since January, I've actually, I've seen so many people make mistakes in the markets. And I've actually been investing since uh, I was in seventh grade. So I've been in the markets for years now and I've taken multiple lessons, like not timing the markets and et cetera. And it's just a topic that I'm extremely interested in. Um, and I think a lot, and, and because there's so few people investing nowadays, um, I think a lot more people could start getting into the markets. Um, and those that do, I think I have an opportunity to help them out. And that's why uh, I'm very incentivized about helping others. No, that's great. And I think, um... Uh, there, despite the fact that the markets are supposed to be efficient, there is a sizable information asymmetry. So uh, I, I respect the the objective here. I think uh, ensuring that the average retail investor has uh, more information and more knowledge to work with so as to compete uh, with the uh, juggernauts in the market is uh, a valuable objective. So I appreciate that. Yeah, education is extremely important, especially in this modern digital age. So um, thank you, and I appreciate that. And uh, all right, that wraps it up for today's episode. Um, thanks for joining us on the MBIT pod. And uh, thank you, Michael, for taking some time to be on a pod. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jameson. So follow the pod so you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star review down below, and I will see you in the next episode. I will also have a link to Flip and its app down below if you want to check that out. Disclaimer. 
The MBIT podcast is reflecting the opinion of only the host. The podcast is for informational purposes only. The podcast is also not a research report. It is not a recommendation to purchase or sell any stocks, holdings, or securities. The podcast is also not meant to serve as the basis of any investment decision.